this is a young team. We're on the cusp. All right, we got to add some pieces to what we're doing here. Pierce running right, spin move, barrels his way down to the 41-yard line. What a run by Pierce. The type of players that we're looking for are players who are looking to swarm. Intercepted, Christian Harris. Game day is every day. Picked off by Steenley. Petrie, Texans have the ball on the pick. The takeaway train is rolling. And if you want it, you got to go work. Now, it's Texans All Access. Hour number five, baby. Let's roll right here on Texans All Access. I mean, hour number five, that means, well, me on hour number five. Because John Harris, your host, alongside, well, Mark's going to be with us in just a second. Joe is working to get him on the line. Mark is actually traveling today. And the plan was, we had had a nice little show ready for you on Friday. And then the Panthers and the Bears went and just torched it. (laughs) It absolutely torched it because of what happened with the number one pick in this draft. I know Joe is working on getting Mark. When he gets Mark, we'll get him on the air. I don't know how to use his phone system. So, Joe, if you get him on the air, then uh, you uh, you can just let me know at that point. But if you have missed the news... The Texans are, well, they're not involved in this directly, but they are indirectly involved. The Carolina Panthers have traded from number nine up to number one. To do that, the Panthers gave up pick number 61. That's uh, bottom of the second round, near the bottom of the second round. A first round pick in 2024. A second round pick in 2025. And wide receiver D.J. Moore. The Panthers get pick number one. That's what they get. All right, Joe, you know how to bring him up. Let's bring on Mark Vandermeer because I've been talking about this for the last two and a half hours. And I know that the voice of the Texans has thoughts, and he joins us now. Mark, first of all, how are you? Are you safe? Are you good? Everything's safe. Everything's good, Johnny. I'm actually seeing my father tonight, uh, who's who's 90 and somehow still flies airplanes. And I got Vanderkid one with me, so that's cool. But, yeah, obviously this news broke. And um, it's interesting to see that there are stories out there that they might be leaning towards Stroud, not Bryce Young. Who knows? When I first looked at it, I thought, that's not a ton to jump up from nine to one. It was nine, right? Nine, yes. But I guess, you know, you throw in DJ Moore, then what's left for the new quarterback to work with? Uh, But, look, that's their problem, not the Texans. I'm glad it was not the Indianapolis Colts jumping over the Texans because if it was going to be a big success, whoever they pick, I don't want to see it happen in Indy. You know, if it wasn't, well, great if you part with draft capital and all that stuff and then their selection ultimately doesn't work out but i'd rather not deal with that at all and the texans obviously will play the panthers in charlotte this year so we have that going on as well so whoever they pick we're going to see them in all likelihood and i just felt like oh boy here we go somebody actually did it somebody moved up but it wasn't one of the teams i thought i know carolina was a shot was a chance to do it had a chance to do it but i really thought it was more likely to be the colts or somebody like that and I want to get your take, and I know everyone does, and I know uh, I'm not going to be on for the whole show tonight, but I just wanted to get that across. You know, look, Vanderkid, he's always a good barometer of Texans' emotions, you know, yeah. uh, because he, he was very emotional during certain uh, instances that played out in franchise history. And this was kind of a mini moment for him, like, oh, my gosh, somebody jumped us, and he was really upset. 
But I said, hey, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know if the selection's going to work out. You don't know if it's Bryce Young because that's who he really wants. You don't know if it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stratton. Johnny, you've been saying it, I'm sure. We don't know what their plan was anyway, whether they – whether they uh, didn't have somebody jump them, whether they had the number one pick overall to begin with, we don't know. The Garoppolo whispers are out there. It's going to be really interesting in the next few days to see what unfolds and, of course, draft time. Yeah, that's what I said to Ron earlier uh, on the drive, Mark, was that we can all love Bryce Young and for good reason. And I think a lot of NFL teams do. And I'm not saying the Texans don't, but we can all love Bryce Young and want Bryce Young. And there might be some of us that love C.J. Stroud. What matters is what they think. That being, you know, the 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 power trio of Bobby Slowick, OC, head coach Demico Ryan's, and Nick Casario, and and his personnel staff. They're they're the ones that have have got to be in love with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or whatever the case might be. So that's the most important thing from the Texans side. I, I think is that what do, what do they feel about these quarterbacks? And here's the thing that. And I, and I was I was saying this to show. He said the Bears have got to, the Panthers have got to know the guy. And I said, no, I don't know because all these guys are underclassmen. So you didn't have an opportunity to even meet with them until they got to the combine. So yeah, you could have watched film. You had a 15 minute interview. I'm pretty sure the Panthers don't know who it is that they wow. want to draft. But but they control it. They control the process. And now they can sit there and go, all right, we actually love three guys. We love all three of these guys equally. And I don't know which three they'll be. Let's call Houston. Maybe Houston has one guy they like. Maybe they move down to two. Either way, the Panthers control it. They control this process. And that is what they just went out and purchased, essentially, by giving the assets all to the Chicago Bears. And the Bears come out of this now. They don't get one of the top four picks so they're not they're going to more than likely miss out on Jalen Carter. They're more than likely going to miss out on Will Anderson Jr. You know, will they be satisfied with a Lucas Van Ness at 9 amongst all those other picks? Are they going to be happy with that? I don't know. But when you think of the Pan- the Bears and the Panthers, I think the Bears got a they got a nice haul. I feel like the Panthers get to control the quarterback draft process being the Texans that we are. I don't feel really terrible one way or the other, but I feel better like your son said, it's not the Colts. And that yep. I feel happiest about. It's not the Colts. Yep, we got to feel really grateful about that. I think that, you know, I remember at the Combine just a week ago, there were stories, there were rumblings out there that maybe even Will Levis was somebody that someone, a team, would want to jump up and take that number one pick and grab Will Levis with. So you never know how it's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I, I just got out of an Uber here in New no, York, Johnny. No, I know, I know, you, I know you've, you've got you got things to do, um, but I thought it was important to get you on the air and talk about this because, yes, the Bears and Panthers are not the Texans, but the Texans are right there in the middle of this whole thing. And whoever was going to move up to number one, we knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know who or when. And well, the who became the Carolina Panthers, and the when became today, second earliest trade of a top three pick since 2000 it's interesting like you pointed out they've had a little time to look at it but not a lot of information to look at as far as face to face of course other than those interviews and frank Reich being there you know he finally gets to pick the quarterback he wants right 
Uh, I know that maybe he wanted, obviously, you know, we're, we're looking at Carson Wentz and everything in Indy, but uh, I think that he has time now to fully evaluate the situation. Yeah, they have control of it, but the Texans still have a bounty of picks here. They have the number two selection. They can take a quarterback if they want. They can actually trade it if they wanted to. They have a lot of options still, and I think they're going to – Look, we'll see what what they do and whether it's the right thing or not, but they do have a lot of possibilities here, and I think there are very many exciting possibilities. There's more than one way to do this, and we're all excited to see how it's going to play out in the next few days and, of course, with the draft itself coming up. Yeah, I think it's going to be completely interesting to see how this thing ends up going, Mark. I don't think there's any question. All right, I know you got things to do. We're going to continue talking about this. Give me a call, 713-572-4610. I mean, it's studio. I mean, it's my fifth hour. I was in four hours yesterday. I'm working on my fifth hour today. So let's do it. Mark, appreciate it. When we get back, I'll take your calls. We'll talk more about the Texans and these quarterbacks. If you didn't hear my thoughts on C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, amongst others, we'll talk about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson as well. But we'll talk about that. But if you want to talk to me, 713-572-4610. Don't get to take your questions a lot, so let's do it. Let's go. 713 713- Five seven two four six ten. taking your calls live for the rest of the hour. Let's go right here. Texans All Access. Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All Access. We return to Texans All Access. Yes, sir. Welcome in. John Harris, sir. Welcome back. Texans All Access. Always love doing live shows, especially on a Friday. Thanks, Bears and Panthers. I mean, I... I thought my radio schedule was all set. Like, I had to do one hour of Texans All Access. It's a Friday in March. Not a whole lot going on. Record the show. Man, I got a great, we got great Paul Allen stuff from the combine we were going to share. Drew Doherty and I did uh, an In the Lab. uh, We did an In the Lab. That was going to be great. Had the thing all ready to go. Then Parker Hillis texted me and said, hey, man, can you do two to six with with, uh, Ron today? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Okay, cool. Do that. Show's recorded. We're all done. And then about 4 o'clock, if you missed it, it's probably about 4 o'clock. In fact, we were about to talk college basketball. This is a great, great weekend of college basketball. That's what we were about to do. And we just started into it. And then all of a sudden, Tyler Milner played the, uh, the alarm sounder. We're like, okay. Now, that... Is it Texans or it's got to be related to Texans, of course. So it was. If you missed the news, this Texans are not involved in this uh, directly. But the Bears and the Panthers came up with a trade. The Panthers moved from nine up to number one. The Bears moved from one down to nine. They bring in a haul that includes additional first-round picks, additional second-round picks, and wide receiver DJ Moore. So Justin Fields gets a bona fide number one wide receiver. They get more ammunition in the draft in the future. They've got additional picks in 2024 when if Justin Fields isn't the guy, then all of a sudden they've got ammunition to move up and go get a guy, kind of like the Panthers are doing this year. They've got that ammunition. So the Bears are sitting in a pretty good spot. Panthers now control the quarterback draft. Jonathan Jones from... Uh, CBS Sports was talking to Frank Reich, and he said that Frank is quoted as saying this. Panthers head coach Frank Reich said about what he looks for in a quarterback interview with CBS Sports last week. 
There's so many ways to play the position. But at some level, you've got to be able to be an accurate passer. You've got to have that toughness. You've got to be a great leader. You've got to be able to process information pretty quickly. At some level, you've got to be able to play from the pocket. I like all the movement stuff. There's guys that can move the launch point, get guys out of the pocket, but there's still that old-school mentality of, hey, there's going to be times in the game where you've got to win from the pocket. So those are some of the things you look for. So at that point, the question becomes, who do the Panthers like? And I said last hour, I, I don't know that it comes down to they like one guy right now. They know who the pick is today. Because honestly, the Panthers could come right out and say, we like this guy. They're drafting first. They could say, we like this guy, and this is why we made the move. Well, then you would know who pick one is, and then the, the Texans could then, at that point, figure out how they want to go from that point. Panthers, I don't think, no. Now, Ron thought I was crazy. And, well, you could tell me, too, 713-572-4610. Get on the horn with me. I can't see the text page. I know a lot of you text, and I would rather text in real life than call, but I don't know how to do the text page here. That's just one of the things about not being in studio all the time. So I can't see the text page. So if you want to call 713-572-4610, give me a call. Let's talk about it. What do you think? What is it the Panthers, who is it the Panthers are going to take? Do they know? I, I honestly don't think they know. I feel like the Panthers, and I said this, and it was backed up by a tweet from Scott Person who covers the Panthers there in Charlotte, has been doing it since their inception. They control the process. The Panthers control the process now. Sitting at nine, the Choose Your Own Adventure novel that is the draft isn't going to get you, uh, isn't going to be fun. Because you're going to watch teams trade up, you're going to watch teams move. Well, you just jump to the forefront and you just move that process. Now, the cost was significant. I mean, the cost was was pretty rich. But you get your opportunity to take your guy. I don't think they know who that guy is. I don't think they know. I think what they wanted to do was control that process. Let's go to Robert. Now, Joe, you're going to have to help me. I haven't done this in a while. Let's get to Robert here and see what he's got to say. Robert, am I doing this right? I don't know. Joe, you might have to pick him up. All right. I'm trying to get Robert on here. Nope. Yeah, let's try this. How about Lionel? If I if I hit this button, Joe, do I get to these guys? I don't know. Let's try this. Oh, I lost him there. All right, there's Robert. Robert, how you doing? I'm doing good. What do you think about yeah, this I, and how it pertains to the Texans, Robert? I think it helps the Texans a lot of ways. Uh, first, it keeps the Colts from getting in front of us. Yes. Uh, I think it might trigger another team to jump in front of the Colts and maybe trade with Arizona. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then because the quarterbacks are going fast now. Yep. Also, I think um, it will cause some of those defensive players to slide down and maybe one of those guys will be there. For 12. So the, some of the good players are sliding down because of the quarterbacks are jumping up. And I think the I think some of the good players will be somebody that wouldn't be there at 12 might be there at 12 for the Texans to get two good players instead of just a quarterback and somebody they, that might already have been there in the first place. Robert, you bring up a great point. And Arizona is now key. I think somebody's going to trade with Arizona. And if, it, if Indianapolis isn't that team – there's a very real possibility of quarterbacks going one, two, three, four in this draft. I've yeah. thought I've thought one, two, and three for sure because I thought the Colts would be the team that got to number one. 
So I thought it would be one, two, three for sure. I think if somebody trades with Arizona, say the Raiders, because I think the Raiders want a young quarterback. Say the Raiders trade with Arizona, and I think it's likely because the Raiders GM, Dave Ziegler, worked with Arizona Cardinals GM, Monty Austinfort, with the Patriots. They come together. Raiders go to three. Now you got the Panthers, the the Texans, the Raiders, and the Colts. You could have quarterbacks go one through four. And at that point, Robert, because you still have draft ammunition, if you're the Texans and see one of those guys start to fall, maybe you can call Seattle. Maybe you could call Detroit at five, six, um, and make a deal to go get one of those top-notch defensive players. I think this works out. But it's the first point you said, Robert, it's the Colts not getting the number one. That And it has a lot of different tentacles to it. But them not getting the number one, I think, is huge. Yeah. Robert, thank Absolutely. you for the call, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, All right, Joe. Let's try this again. All right. All right, let's get to Jared from the southwest side. Jared, southwest side, how far southwest? Richard Rosenberg or like Stafford? No, right, Stafford, like 59 in a Bellway. There you go. All right. All right, cool. You come out to my neck of the woods out, Richard Rosenberg, man. That's real living out there, though. Oh, yeah, I just came from out that way. I was actually out there working earlier today, so I just came from out that way. Uh, BF Terry over there in that area. Yeah, I just man. came from that way. There you go. Yeah. Lamar Consolidated, number one, but there you go. All right, man, what's on your mind? Yeah, so, you know, Carolina came in. Uh, like you said, they can, they control draft now, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I think it's basically out of two uh, quarterbacks. I think it's going to either be uh, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I can't see them uh, trading up to get uh, Hitchison or Will Lither, so I think it's basically uh, – Go come down to those two guys, and I think it's going to – whatever guy Carolina takes, I think Houston takes the other guy. Could be C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, or maybe Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. I think this pretty much guarantees that the first two picks are going to be quarterback. Yeah, and, and Jared, I just said, I think actually, I don't know, depending on what happens with Arizona, because I don't think Arizona's taking the quarterback. I mean, that would be a, <laughs> that would be a shock. I, but I've, I've, been, I've been wrong before about things that happened. I've been – nothing will surprise me, but my guess is somebody moves up to three. Could be the Raiders. Could be the Colts. Um, I think Arizona is sitting in a good spot for a trade. Uh, even if it's the Colts, they could move down. The Cardinals could move the four and still trade with the Raiders. I think quarterbacks end up going one, two, three, four um, in this thing. It could get really, really interesting. Do you, Jared, and this was a question that Ron and I had earlier, would you feel okay with either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, or does it have to be one or the other for you? I like Bryce Young. I think he's just a better quarterback. I think I like how he maneuvers in the pocket. His pocket presence is better than C.J. Stroud. He knows how to read defenses. He seems like his pre-snap read of defenses is on a higher level than C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be a good quarterback, but I just think Bryce Young is a franchise-level quarterback. So I just hope that Carolina, they take J. Stroud. But like I say, it's going to be, you know, we kind of like at the mercy of the Panthers what they're going to do. But if they do take Bryce Young, you know I, I look at C.J. Stroud. I'm going to see, see if you agree with him. I look at him more as a, a, a golf type of quarterback, a Jared Goff, maybe a more athletic Jared Goff, and I think you can win with him. He took the Rams to the Super Bowl. So I, I do like uh, C.J. Stroud, but I just think that um, Bryce Young, man, he's, he's kind of a combination of uh, Drew Brees and uh, Russell Wilson. I think he's just a franchise quarterback that can uh, put a team on his back and uh, lead him to the promised land. Man, you said you said it about as well as, as, as I possibly could. I would probably bump up. Uh, Jared, I'd probably bump up C.J. Stroud. My comfort C.J. has been Joe Burrow. Um, that's just oh, that's just been me um, because I love the ball placement and the accuracy. So I, I 
I absolutely um, – I, 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 you could take either one for me, Bryce or CJ. I'd be okay. I want Bryce. He's my number one quarterback. But CJ's uh, right there behind him. Jared, I appreciate the call, my man. Let's get to uh, – let's go to line three, Joe. Let's go to – is that Lionel? Let's get to Lionel. I'll let you uh, – there we go. Lionel, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for asking. Calling about the situation with the Panthers. Okay, check this out. Now, you know, Frank Wright messed that quarterback situation up in Indianapolis time after time. Do you think he's going to do that now? No way. So what he's going to do, he's going to get Bryce Young because he knows that this dude has got the arm and this dude is going to be a future quarterback for somebody, whether it not be them or not. But let me pose this question to you. I watched Alabama quarterbacks for a long time. Can you answer for me, when was the last time an Alabama quarterback came into the NFL and became a starter and was a significant part of an offense? Answer. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, There's no question. I mean, there will be some that say, well – you know, to a tongue of my law. I will say this. I don't think that Nick Saban got quarterback religion. If you want the God's honest truth, okay. I don't think he got okay. quarterback religion until Deshaun Watson beat him in a national championship okay. game. I think that's okay. when he started looking at it going, wait a second, I need a Tua tongue of Iowa. I need a Mac Jones. Uh, I need quarterbacks that play the game at a higher level because that's where this game that's is going. Time. Because if you think about it, Mano, if you go back to the quarterbacks that he had back, you know, back in the, you know, he had um, Greg McElroy. He had yeah, A.J. Yeah, McCarron. Yeah. He had yep. uh, uh, Philip uh, Coker. Um, yep, he, he just, he had Philip Sims, yeah. he, Jacob Coker. He had guys that were yeah. just guys because all the other right. talent was so great. But then he started getting right. higher level quarterbacks. So I don't know if there's been a long run that I would look at and say, okay, kind of measure it right here. Now, look, the jury's still out on Tua. Jury's still out on Mac, but those guys are first round picks, yeah. and so I do right. think the 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 I do think the signs point up for Bryce Young. I, I absolutely think that. I do, I do. But don't forget about another Alabama quarterback that went to Oklahoma, Jalen yeah. Hurts. Yeah, yeah okay. there's no doubt. There, there's no okay. doubt. And I mean, Lionel, you you hit right on it. I'll, I'll say this, Lionel. I appreciate the call, my man. Um, okay. I'll say this. Everybody back in the day. No, back in the day. Back in the day, there used to be a theory called the Jeff Tedford quarterback theory. Jeff Tedford was a coach at Cal. Uh, he was also a coach at Fresno State, and he had a lot of quarterbacks. In fact, I think he was a coach at Fresno State when David Carr was there or OC. And so quarterbacks that had played under Jeff Tedford had not fared well. And because they hadn't fared well, that became the narrative. Well, Jeff Tedford quarterbacks don't fare well in the NFL. They just don't do well. And I've never been one of the I've never been a I've never been in the mindset like to treat one quarterback just because he played or coached for a coach that all quarterbacks are going to kind of fall in that same category. And then in 2005, a guy named Aaron Rodgers came into the NFL. Now, he didn't play until 2008, but all of a sudden, after 2008, it was like, hey, where's the Jeff Tedford theory? It just it kind of blows up. So I, I've never been, and, and you'll hear this about Ohio State quarterbacks too. Ohio State quarterbacks. They don't do well in the NFL. Well, Joe Burrow's done pretty well. Well, it was LSU. Yeah, I know. He started at Ohio State. But my point being, just because 
a particular university hasn't produced quarterbacks doesn't mean they can't produce one. That theory only holds, really, it doesn't hold, in all honesty. That's historically what it's been, but it can change. And I think that uh, Justin Fields is trying to change that from Ohio State with the Bears. I think that C.J. Straub will change that. And I also think that over time, like with Alabama, it's a great example. They were winning with just dudes, like, I should say, just guys. They had just guys playing quarterback until they realized, hey, man, that guy right there, Deshaun Watson, just beat us up. And that really kind of, they'd gotten Jalen Hurts prior to that, but they saw where it was going. Nick Saban saw where it was going, so he knew he couldn't win with just regular old quarterbacks. He had to go get game changers, and he started to do that. And then he got Jalen Hurts, and then he got uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and then he got Mac Jones. Then he got uh, Bryce Young. He got dudes. And all of a sudden, that changed. So I don't quite buy into the theories of you know those kind of narratives, like Ohio State quarterbacks can't do it, or Jeff Tedford quarterbacks. It takes one to kind of break that, that narrative. Uh, and I think that Bryce Young's definitely got that uh, as well. All right, Joe, let's go to the top here. Who's on line number one? Who's on one? All right, let's get to Brian from Humble. Joe, I'll let you pick it up. Brian, what's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm good, sir. Yourself? Man, I've been doing a lot of radio today, so I'm tired. But I'm good. I'm just talking. I understand. I understand. It's been a long week. But talking about the Texans and the quarterback situation, I would rather them sign Pretty Boy Jimmy this year and just roll with that. And then next year, I'm not – I'm not – I'm questioning the size of Alabama boy, and I'm – not sold on C.J. Stroud, so why not package both your first rounds up next year and go all in on Caleb Williams? You know, it's that idea has been floated, and it's probably been floated by myself at some point. And here's the only, here's the only worry I get with that. And I, I said this the other night to Mark, um, and I said it talking to Seth. I feel like where the Texans quarterback situation is right now, I want them to throw as much paint on the canvas as possible. Meaning, meaning, I don't want to say you draft quarterbacks with every first-round pick, but you just keep drafting quarterbacks until you get it right. And you've got additional picks because the other quarterback wanted to go somewhere else. So find, with those additional picks, find the guy that can set your your foundation and your franchise going in the right direction. I've thought about that. I've thought about that a lot. In fact, Brian, I thought about that the day before Jalen Carter the news about Jalen Carter popped at the combine. I had said to Mark, I said, you know, I kind of think I know where this is going. If Bryce Young goes one, I'd take Jalen Carter two. And like you said, I would still draft a quarterback in this draft, but I would put a focus or look at the quarterbacks in 2024, which does include Caleb Williams. Then the Jalen Carter stuff came out, and I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Maybe that means he's off our board. I don't know. But that would be the guy that I would want because he's a defensive game changer. So if I'm not drafting a quarterback at two, I want the absolute biggest you-know-what kicker in the world. And exactly. I think that's Jalen Carter. I just don't know how the organization is going to feel about all the, the noise around Jalen Carter, if that makes sense. But I feel like the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, I've got to come around on. Tyler Milner's like staring at me. And he's like, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo's not a bad option as long as – there is a young quarterback added to the roster this year that we feel like there's a future with. If it proves that the future is, is nothing, 
then yes, 2024, man, you've got multiple picks. If you got to move up and go get Caleb Williams or Drake May uh, or Bo Nix or Michael Penix, you've got the ammunition to go do that in 2024. Brian, I appreciate the call, my man. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. All right. I'm told we got to take a break. I mean, Mark will get mad because we got to pay bills, right? So we got to take a break. Michael, you stay there. Jasper, I'm going to get to you. We'll break this down. Bears and Panthers have made a deal. Panthers move to number one. What does it mean for your Texans at number two? Is it as simple as you take the quarterback the Panthers don't want of Young or Stroud? Or, as Brian pointed out, do you think about defense and maybe circle 2024 when you get your quarterback? Hmm. Talk about that next right here at Texans All Access. Texans All Access continues in a moment. Texans Radio is back. Yes, it is. Going live on a Friday night. I'd like to thank the Bears and Panthers for ruining my dinner plans. But that's cool. It's good. Because I'm in studio, so I can take calls, which I love doing. I'm John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for the Texans. Joe, let's get out to Michael in Houston. He's on line two. Michael, what's going on, man? Thank you for holding, man. I really appreciate it. What's on your mind? Ah, uh, the draft. Good. I love it. Let's go. Okay. So, look, I'm not a draft quarterback uh, in 2023 uh, guy. I'm not that guy. I don't think our team is ready. I don't think we can go from having so many holes to suddenly being ready for a franchise quarterback. So, you know, I wanted to trade back with Seattle from two to five and then from five to nine with Carolina. That's not going to happen. But you can still trade back from two to five or six with Seattle or the Lions and pick up their 18th or 20th pick which gives you three firsts, and there's still flexibility, believe it or not, to go get a couple more second rounders and move into the first round again. So you could really devise a plan to have four and maybe even five impact first rounders in this year's draft if you wanted to and still have two firsts next year. So you got to weigh all that versus getting Young or Stroud. And I don't see our team as being ready for that. So how do you feel about trading back and just trying to parlay as much as you can? I think in theory it's, a, it's not a bad plan. In, in theory, to, if I could load up on a number of picks, do I have a number of elite players in this draft? I mean, having, I mean think about it. The more first-round picks you have in a draft, you're going to end up having to – if they're all – say they're all hit. You're going to end up having to pay all five of them or four of them or three of them all at the same time, and that's going to be pretty tough. And if you don't get a quarterback this year, you got to get one next year. So you're a year away from having to pay a quarterback second contract. So that gets that gets a little dicey. Now, I will say I wouldn't be opposed to having ammunition in 2024 draft-wise, you know, draft capital-wise. So I do think – I think the team that if – Say you were thinking about trading down. I think the team you could look at at this point, depending on what happens with Arizona at three, Arizona, Monty Asifor has already said, we're open for business, and so he's going to be taking a lot of calls. But I would, ima- I would imagine that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler may call Nick Casario and think about seven to two. So the Raiders go up and get their guy because the Raiders are going to call Arizona as well because they know Monty Austin Fort, there's that connection there. So I could see that. My worry, the, the real worry, I don't say real worry, I feel like with 2-12, and 12, even if you didn't go quarterback, I still feel like you can do some damage with 2-12, and 12, depending on what you wanted to do at 2. 
But you could absolutely get somebody to move up to two and get some future picks. I mean, Michael, it's not not crazy. Now, four or five picks in the first round, that might be a little bit much. But I do think you could potentially move down, do some things, and get future picks in 2024 when the quarterback class is unbelievable. I think this quarterback class is good. I think it's really good. I think 24 could be unbelievable. Thing is, I don't I don't want to say I don't want to wait until 2024, but the way things have been the last 3 years, I want to start feeling that there's a future right right now. Now, I got to be patient, and we all have to be patient. We got to make sure that it's right. And maybe, and I've said this before, tonight how they feel. How does Nick feel? How does D'Amico feel? How do Bobby Slowick and Matt Burke feel? How do they feel? In particular, not really Matt Burke, but as it pertains to the quarterbacks, how do they feel about the quarterbacks in this draft? That's where it gets interesting. Michael, I appreciate the call. All right, Joe, let's go to Jasper on line three. Jasper, you still there, my man? How you doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. Thank you, John. First time, long time. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just have, I have a hypothetical situation I want to throw out, right, which I feel applies to this draft, right? Okay, okay. So if Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow was coming out in the same draft, I think it's consensus that everybody would select Patrick Mahomes for what they know, right? Right. And Joe Burrow would be, you know, the second pick. So I feel like that's what we are looking at in this draft. I, I believe the Texans sitting at number two is in a no-lose situation. I, I just want to get your thoughts on Jasper, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I've, I've said that from the beginning. I've said it from the beginning because when I started, and I, I, knew, these, I knew these quarterbacks, I had seen them. So I, I knew that C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, those are the two guys. There's a Tier 1, then there's Tier 2, and that's Levis and Richardson. And if you're sitting one or two, you've got your opportunity to take one of those two guys. And I feel like both of them, I, I, in the summer when I did my Harris 100, I almost put – like a 1A, 1B, with because it was hard to really discern which one I felt like had better NFL prospects between Bryce and CJ. And I look at it now, and I'm like, yeah, you end up with one of them. So, again, Jasper, that's you and me talking. We don't know what the Texans are thinking. Maybe they see three guys, and so they're feeling pretty good about it. Maybe they think three guys, and they got to decide between the two the Panthers don't take. Here's Here's now, I think, one thing – that becomes really interesting. And I've said, I said this earlier on the show. The Panthers may not make that pick at one. The Panthers have already kind of floated it out there that they're, they're not opposed to moving from one down to four with a team that we know is at four. And that was the one thing we didn't want. We got all excited today. I got excited because it wasn't the Colts moving up to one. But maybe it's the Colts eventually moving to one, trading with the Panthers and they can get a better deal that I don't know. I'm just saying the Bears control the process, and if the Bear, I'm sorry, the Panthers control the process. If they stick with a pick, I think the Texans get the next quarterback, and I'd feel good with that. I really do. Um, I, I would I feel good with that. Jasper, I appreciate the call, my man. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, um, Joe. Am I reading that right? Is that Amanda? Oh, it's Easy from Victoria. Easy, what's going on, man? How's Victoria? Hey, what? Oh, uh, pretty good, brother. Over here with Zappy, 
Yeah, uh, there you go. Oh, so, yes, sir, man. I was going to ask you, if we do not get a quarterback, either Bryce or uh, Stroud, we got to pick a quarterback this year. If we bring Jimmy Garoppolo uh, down for uh, – he wins too many games next year, <laughs> we're going to be in the teams. How are we going to move all a good quarterback? Yeah, easy. You're breaking up a little bit. I appreciate the call. I'm going to address that. I think with there's a couple of things here. If uh, you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't take a quarterback at two and twelve, then I think there are some possibilities a little bit later, and I think one of those ends up being Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Now, here's where Hooker becomes kind of interesting because if you yeah. end up saying, "All right, look, I'm not totally sold on these two quarterbacks." We're really sold on Carter uh, or Anderson. We're going to stick at two and take Carter or Anderson, and then uh, we're going to do whatever we can on 12th. That, I think, would end up being not a bad situation, but then you got to figure out the quarterback thing. So maybe handed Hooker at the top of the second round to go with Jimmy Garoppolo because Garoppolo is more – if you bring in Garoppolo, more likely he's the guy you're going to start the season with in 2023. And Hendon Hooker is coming off an ACL tear back in late November – he might be 100% ready to go for training camp, but you don't know. So you bring Hennon Hooker in, you let him learn, you let him continue to rehab, everything goes you know, as you go with Jimmy Garoppolo, and then at some point it maybe gets turned over to Hennon Hooker at that point. I think that may not be a bad situation. Now, with Hennon Hooker, you're also talking about a guy that's 25 years old, he's a little bit older than some of these quarterbacks. I don't worry about the age too much with the quarterbacks, but it maybe plays a little bit of a role, but I could see the, the Texans or maybe some team going out again, Jimmy Garoppolo, letting him kind of lead the way, and Hendon Hooker is then the guy you bring in behind. I wouldn't think, I, honestly, I don't think that's a horrible situation, but I can tell you, I can tell you easy this. Thursday night, yeah. if it goes down like that, Thursday night of the draft, and say pick two is Jalen Carter, pick 12 is, I don't know, let's say it's just even Jackson Smith and Jigba. There will be fans losing their minds that they haven't drafted a quarterback at that point. There will be a lot of panic from the fans at that point. Yeah, and it's going to exactly. take a it's going to take a lot of trust. And I hope that this current staff has brought back some trust from the fans. But I know we're not all the way there yet. But I do see a scenario where that could be the case. And look. If the Garoppolo hooker thing, something like that, doesn't work, well, like you said, if it doesn't work, they're probably not going to be drafting the teens. They're probably going to be in the top five. And, oh, by the way, they've got more ammunition to move up to number one if they wanted to and go get a quarterback like Caleb Williams or Drake May. And I know fans panic a lot when they hear, well, go get the quarterback in 2024. And I know you got to play 2023. I think there are some ways – to bridge the gap from 2023 to 2024. My thought would be these quarterbacks and Young and Stroud are both capable of being franchise quarterbacks and taking you to heights that you haven't been. They're good enough to do that. If you can get one of them, lock them up in the draft, and let's start rolling with this thing in 2023. But if it doesn't turn out that way and you're not totally sold on them, but you're sold on some other assets, you're sold on Garoppolo, then get Garoppolo, draft a young guy like Hooker a little later in the draft, put them together. I don't think you can just bring in Jimmy 
and then not bringing a rookie. I think you have to get a rookie as well. Whether you do it at 2, 12, 33, or wherever, you got to bring in another rookie to go along with Jimmy uh, and see what you're able to do at that point. Easy, I appreciate the call, my man. Travel safe in Victoria, my friend. There we go. Easy, appreciate that. All right, 713-572-4610. Easy, you're breaking up. Sorry about that, man. Down in Victoria, there you go, Bailey Zappi. I thought Easy was going to ask me whether they should trade for Bailey Zappi, which becomes kind of an interesting thought. Quarterback at HCU, formerly HBU, went to Western Kentucky, set all kinds of records, had a couple of really nice starts for the Patriots when Mac Jones was banged up. Kind of an interesting thought. I don't think I would do it, but I don't think the Patriots would do it. But Bailey Zappi, Victoria, nice. Had a chance to meet him down at the Senior Bowl. That was kind of cool. 713-572-4610. We're getting up near the end of the show. If you're just getting in your car, you had a long day at work, which, by the way, if you had a long day at work on Friday and you're getting in your car at 651, man, you've got to find a different job. you got to get out of that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because I know when I was in accounting, I was leaving Friday nights uh, at this time. Damn busy season. Uh, it took me forever. If you missed it, the Bears – made a trade from number one to number nine. The Carolina Panthers have moved up to number nine. They had to give up D.J. Moore, a couple of second-round picks, an additional first-round pick in 2024. The Bears brought in a pretty good haul for number one, including D.J. Moore, getting a number one wide receiver. I mean, that was exactly what Justin Fields needed. Now you're talking about Mooney and Claypool and D.J. Moore with the potential at nine to maybe take another receiver. So, Justin Fields better be all that in a bag of chips throwing the football. Uh, They're now getting some wide receiver ammunition that they certainly did not have back in 2022. So, the Bears make the deal. Panthers move up. This came from Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio. He said, keep an eye. And I read read a couple of tweets from these gentlemen, Scott Fowler uh, and uh, Joe Person. They cover the Panthers. Both of them tweeted something to the extent of the Bears are still open. I'm sorry, the Panthers are still open for business. So is that a signal to the Texans? Is that a signal to the Raiders? Is that a signal to the Colts? Could the Colts call the Panthers, seeing what the Panthers did, and go, yo, we got to get back up there? Either way, the Panthers control Number one, especially so many teams looking for quarterbacks, I think you could end up having four taken in the top four picks. There's a possibility. I don't think that's ever happened. I think we've seen three go. I don't think we've ever seen four. I think there's a possibility that that happens. Even if the Colts stay at four, they're taking one. I mean, they have to. I think somebody moves up to Arizona. could be Las Vegas. They've got connections. Anything can happen in the NFL draft, and we found that out today. Appreciate you guys getting with me on the phone. It was great talking to you. We don't get a chance to do that all the time, but I appreciate that. Joe, you did a hell of a job back there, my man. We were on the fly changing things and getting it done. To Mark for calling in, to all you for listening, you guys are the best. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio.